0: Because I just feel like here's a band that's recorded an immense catalog of music that is very enjoyable to listen to. You're such a kiss-ass. And I really You are
1: such a (laughs) bleepin' (laughs) kiss-ass.
0: I like Robbie Gray.
1: Travel back
0: in time to the 80s, reliving the shenanigans. It was the early 80s,
1: and sex was still a good way to meet new people.
0: The disappointment. that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence.
2: I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape.
1: Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's
2: not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring.
0: Hey welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host Steve Spears with Tampa Bay.com. and today, an interview with Modern English lead singer Robbie Gray.
2: The world and melt with you the difference, and it's getting better all the
0: With me as always, making love to him is just a little awkward. <laughs> Times pop music critic,
1: yes! Sean Daly. Is that because I don't stop talking? Yeah. <laughs> I'm very chatty when I make love. I talking know. Talking away. Talking about all sorts of stuff. I, so what's would... going on? <laughs> um, yeah, you're very excited about this interview. Modern English is one of your uh, your favorite bands. And you had a great connection, as we're about to find out, with uh, Robbie Gray, didn't you?
0: Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Um, Modern English formed in 1979 in England, and obviously everybody knows them for uh, the single Melt With You, which right, was right. just a huge hit for them. But the weird thing is, is that that song in itself doesn't really sound at all like a modern English song. They're they're much more edgier. They're much more uh, aggressive of a sound. It's sort of like Duran Duran meets uh, Simple Minds kind of a feel to it. Yeah. And um, so they broke in the early 80s with this song. It was a big uh, tune on MTV. The video's right. great. It's very and, simple. I mean,
1: it, it got its uh, it, Because of Valley Girl is why this song became huge, well, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it broke. It broke Did you tell me it's played in its entirety twice in Valley Girl? At
0: least twice. Robbie keeps saying it's played three times in the movie. I only remember twice. Robbie says three. He would know. The, um plays in Valley Girl in its entirety twice, uh, at least twice. It plays on MTV that great video, very simple. Yes. And of course it lives on through history on every 80s FM station which plays it constantly. I hear it once a day. Yeah, at you least. can hear
1: it once a day on any radio station right. anywhere.
0: And I get you that this is if you once you've heard this song a couple thousand times, you've probably heard it enough.
1: No, I got to get to the uh I will stop listening if I uh, it all depends on like that. Doo- like the weird keyboard solo? It's a hum. Like I li- it's a hum. They're humming it. No, at the end they do. No, the, the hum comes, there's two breaks. Oh, the two And then there's keyboard, then there's humming. Yeah, yeah. I I don't like the humming, but I love the keyboard <laughs> part. That's the only thing I get to And that's a life-affirming 17 seconds right. or whatever it is.
0: One nice thing about the song is you can't be mad no. after hearing this song. It's a happy song. It's a happy love song.
1: Every time I fall in love, I like to think that... Melt With You, it plays during the montage yeah. of me gamboling about in the surf, perhaps, with the young lass. And it's such a happy, spring-like, ebullient
0: <laughs> song. <laughs> if you made a mixtape of great love songs of the 80s, this has to be on it, right?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So imagine, imagine the challenge of talking to Robbie Gray. Um, and I know I'm going to ask about this song, but I want to be cool and not ask about this song right away. So literally, I have like twenty questions written down, and nineteen of them are about <laughs> no melt with you. Seriously, like six six uh, questions into it, we finally get to melt to you. But the trouble is, I ask him a question right off the bat, and boom, he goes right into melt with you right off the bat, and thus de- thus destroying all these great questions I had to prove to him what a fan I was. Yeah. But,
1: do you um, suck up to him a bit? Be honest. We're about to hear it. Yeah. Do you do a is, little yeah,
0: smooching? Yeah. But what's great is he's so, he's so um, honest and frank and non-apologetic about the success of this song. He said, hey, it pays my bills. Yeah. And they will
1: be playing, uh, they're doing a tour of Florida, right? Yeah, that.
0: they're doing a, a, a fall tour of Florida.
1: Awesome. They, I've um, seen them before, you know. Berlin, uh, Flock of Seagulls, and Modern English. They were good. He's very uh, feisty and energetic on stage. Yeah,
0: a good Englishman. In he other is words. a in other good, words. a
1: good sot, a
0: good <laughs> sot. <laughs> so, without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's meet Robbie Gray. First of all, thanks for talking to me. i got to admit, it was a real thrill just to get an email that had your name on it.
2: Yeah, well, it's all for a good
0: cause. I remember reading the news last week that you know, the original lineup of Modern English was coming back and touring. What is it like to be back with the original gang again?
2: It's fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, we've toured um, the East Coast last year and the West Coast in Canada a little bit. And uh, to be on stage and look around and see people that I've known since I was 16 years old and I'm now, you know, a lot older than that. <laughs> to look around on stage and see uh, those faces and still playing really well and still with a lot of passion, it, it's fantastic.
0: There's always been like a love affair that it seems like the United States has had with modern English. It's it's You see just a handful of English bands that seem to really connect here almost better than they do at home. How do you explain that?
2: I really don't know is the answer to that. I think... MTV helped, um, with us, um, you know, back in the day of videos, I mean, we we recorded a video, you know, for like a thousand bucks and it was one of the most played um, videos on MTV, you know, when it first started in the first couple of years, it was transmitting uh, when it was still a music channel rather than a style channel, you know? And, um, you know, Michael Jackson was the first black person ever to be played on MTV. That was like 1982, 83. And also, um, I melt with you had been used in the film Valley Girl, which was uh, Nicolas Cage's sort of breakthrough movie, and that did really well with the with the youth of America. So I don't I don't really know why they, certain bands from England do really well in in America. I can understand why you two would do well because they're sort of anthem, sort of stadium type music, um, but I don't know why. I think the song I melt with you just just uh, hooked into so many people, not just in America but but worldwide, really.
0: I, I remember seeing. I don't remember if I saw or heard. I met with you the first time on MTV, but I certainly remember it from Valley Girl, which was uh, you know growing up as a teenager in the '80s, one one of the more important movies to me. And it appears twice. And it's how about how did that come about? How did how did you end up in that movie?
2: I have no idea, to be honest, because we were, the band were on the road, we were doing a tour of 80 concerts in 100 days. I mean, we were on the road, you know, they were working us like dogs, basically. <laughs> and uh, we were going all around America, and we just heard about this film, and we were living on a massive bus with beds on it, and, and sort of front, it was like a house, really. And uh, we got sent this film, and we just sat down one night after a concert and watched it, and they used I Met With You in it, I think, three times. And In one scene, it was you know, used all the way through, like the whole song, which is really unusual. Normally, you get a ten or twenty-second segment in a movie, but you know, it was in there three times and one time all the way through. We didn't really have much to do with it. That would have been to do with our management, I'd imagine. In fact, it's being used in a new movie as well. Um, we've recorded a new mo- new version of "I Melt With You" for a Mark Pellington movie, which, uh, funnily enough, is called "I Melt With You," and it's got Rob Lowe, Jeremy Piven's and a host of other people in it. Um, and it's a really kind of dark film. It's a really interesting movie. It's coming out in November, I think, in the States.
0: Right. I, I heard the, uh, I've heard, i I've heard the new version of the song. It's, it's available for free download on, on your site. It, it is. It's a spooky, uh, creepy, slowed-down version. It's, it's fun to listen to.
2: I'll stop And it's getting better all the time There's nothing new I mean, it's just uh, the film, you know, that's the kind of just a, the film's a bit spooky, slowed down as well. It's really good. I, I really, really am excited about being involved in the project because it's a fantastic cutting edge movie, you know. Um, yeah, and you can, and, and that's a good point. It'd be great if people would go on to the Modern English uh, artist page on Facebook and um, download the free version because. Um, it's worth it. It's, it's, it's very interesting. We worked on it for quite a long time to get that kind of feel to it, that darker sort of feel.
0: Is there something about that song in particular that makes. I mean, you re recorded it in 1990 for uh, Pillow yeah. Lips. What, what was the thinking behind re recording it then?
2: To be really honest with you, that that was the record company. They said, we'll sign you, but we want you to re record I Melt with you. And, you know, and we, were, we weren't doing very well at that time, so we did. And we didn't know what to do with it, to be honest, because. We didn't know whether we sh- you know what kind of style to do it in so we pretty much re-recorded it you know being faithful to the original version with a different producer uh, Hugh Jones did the original and um, Pat Collier did the kind of the cover of the cover kind of thing on um, Pillow Lips Moving forwards using all my breath Making love to you was never second best Crashing all around your face Never really knowing it was always mesh and lace.
0: I'll stop the world, with you. I have to ask you back in, in the early '80s when you record the album after the snow and which has a lot of great songs on it, including um, two of my personal favorites are, are, are life in the glad house and someone 's calling and you have this sudden success with I Melt With You, which doesn't really sound like a modern English song at all. Did that? Did the success of that song kind of catch you off guard?
2: Yeah, it's been a kind of a, a fantastic thing. I mean, I'm not going to complain about I Melt With You. It, it pays my bills every year, you know. But uh, it has been a bane in a way as well, because sometimes you'll play a club or a venue or a concert somewhere, and it's the only song that some people know. And a lot of our other stuff, you know, it's a lot edgier. Um, I mean, we're playing Someone's Calling and Life in the Gladhouse" House on, on the tour coming up in Florida. Excellent. And um, and, and some stuff even earlier than that on the Mesh and Lace album, which is a really dark album, you know. Uh, songs like Move in Light and Black Houses will be playing live. A really early single on 4AD called Swans on Glass. There's a lot more to Modern English than I Melt with you, but... We were taken completely off guard because what happened with I Melt With You was we were recording some fresh songs and we heard that in America they were playing I Melt With You on import. It wasn't even released there. The radio stations just picked up on it and one guy played it and then another guy played it and it it just caught fire right across the States and it wasn't even on a release. It was actually on import. And then there was a kind of bidding war between all these record companies to sign us to get it out on a release in America and... uh, Sire Records did it, Uh, Warner Brothers did it in the end, but um, I wouldn't say it, it, you know, we can't complain about it, because every time we play it, it's just fantastic audience reaction, you know?
0: It it always caught me off guard. I remember I traded, I traded like a a Hall & album to my friend for his copy of After the Snow, and I remember listening to it all the way through going, I love these songs, and then there's this one song, which I love a lot, but it doesn't sound like modern English at all.
2: Yeah, it's, it's... I don't know, even when we were writing it and I was writing the lyrics, it it had something about it, I don't know what, you know, I think it's the kind of liveliness of it, up-tempo, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's anthemic, because it's not really, but it it does come across sometimes when we're playing live like that, when the crowds sing along and hand claps get involved, I think it's that classic thing, It's, it's a love song, isn't it, of sorts? It is. And they just always seem to be things that people relate to, so that's probably got a lot to do with it
0: well I mean the lyrics are great the imagery is perfect and then I think everyone kind of gets attached to the um, the one uh, moment in the song where everything slows down and you just yeah uh, and you yeah, just the
2: kind home. of humming along bit
0: yeah I mean I think if you, if you weren't a fan of the song up until then that gets you every time
2: I mean, it's mad. It's, it's almost like, say, something like, I don't know, Procal Harem's White Shade of Pale. It's just a, it's a standard classic now. Yeah. You know, you kind of, it's just played all the time. I mean, it's been really good for us, to be honest with you.
0: It, um, it's been called a perfect moment in pop, and I think to some degree that's a misnomer, because it's never really kind of gone away. I mean, it seems to always have new life. It seems someone's always covering it. Um, yeah, that's true. Bowling for Soup did a cover where they had to change the lyrics from I don't know if you knew about that they changed uh, making love to you is never second best to being friends with you is never second best.
2: I remember that happened. I didn't understand any of that, but <laughs> it was for a for a kind of youth movie, wasn't it? I can't remember what it it's called. Sky High, that's Sky it. Sky
0: High or Spike I forget which one. Yeah. Um the um and then of course it has it's achieved like a second life in commercials um these
2: days. God, yeah. I mean, it's been in I can't tell you how many commercials. There's been in so many commercials. T Mobile Nouvel Vague did a cover version of the I Melt with you. It was used in um a T Mobile advert and then we had the Hershey Bars thing that's still going on now for the third year. Do you it's have windy. to
0: do you have to okay all those or
2: um they do ask us i mean there's not i mean i wouldn't i don't have a problem with any of it um there was a problem when we did the burger king one because at the time our keyboard player was a vegetarian <laughs> 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 so he did a little complaining and when i told him how much the money was he seemed quiet and down though
0: <laughs> hey i want to ask you about this tour um i saw that the I saw the dates that come out, and it's it's a lot of Florida tours, which is very unusual for us because we're kind of used to bands skipping over Florida. So, why why the why are we so lucky this time around?
2: Well, it's just we haven't been down there for so long. You know, we've been um, all over the, the kind of major parts of the East Coast and the West Coast, and you know, Chicago and Canada. Why not? You know, it, it just come down there. We're going to fly into Atlanta and play in Atlanta. And then we're going to come through to Florida, and we've got six dates in Florida, I think. And then we're going back to Atlanta and possibly Nashville. And uh, there might even be more dates added to this, but at the moment it's just a short sort of stop of uh, I think about ten, ten to eleven days. But Florida's fantastic. I mean, you know, we want to come to Florida.
0: <laughs> I've heard stories that everyone has, everyone I know has a Modern English story about seeing you somewhere interesting. And a lot of the times, I hear stories about like uh oh i saw him on spring break in daytona beach one year
2: yeah that was a big one
0: yeah I, that's the story i always hear what was so special yeah. about that show
2: oh it's just fantastic i mean we, we were just just breaking at that moment we were just breaking i mean this is how naive we were as englishmen we got off the plane in daytona beach wearing coats <laughs> you know we were wearing winter clothes we were literally walking down the gangplank taking all our clothes off you know it was so bloody hot. I mean, and that night, I remember we went to the venue in in Daytona, and the guy said, "You can, you know, play outside, in the open air." And we didn't really, we'd never done anything like that before, you know. We were we were a club sort of venue band in England, two hundred people, so we, we got a bit scared by that, and we said, "No, we want we want to play indoors." And God Almighty, did we? They couldn't get all the people in. There was about five thousand people outside. There's five thousand people inside the. All the, the moisture coming off all the walls was incredible. and I mean, the crowd just went absolutely nuts. That's probably why people remember that. I, mem- I remember coming off stage and just, I'd never seen a crowd reaction like it before for us. It was incredible.
0: Yeah, Daytona Beach is a special place. Uh, when you're here in September, I'm telling you right now, don't bring any coats.
2: I'll try not to this time.
0: (laughs) It's it's, it's about ninety-four degrees here with about ninety percent humidity, and and coats will be uh, the least of your
2: problems. Well, I live live in Thailand in the winter, so I kind of I'm used to sort of hot temperatures. That's
0: good. Hey, um, last year uh, I think it was last year, 2010. Modern English had a brand new album called Soundtrack. Yeah, and um, on there there are two. Two songs that I, I absolutely love. Um, it's okay, and uh, here comes the failure. H- how much of the new material are we going to be hearing on this uh, tour?
2: I will be playing It's Okay, and um, we'll probably be playing the, the title track of the album soundtrack. And um, it's uh, just—I really like this album. I really do. It's, we got back together with Hugh Jones, who did all the early stuff, including I melt with you. And we got the artist who did all the early artwork, Vaughn Oliver, to do the sleeve for it. Had a feeling of, you know, everything coming back together really. And um, I really like the album. We'll definitely be playing two or three tracks from it.
0: You know, trends i've noticed these days um especially from from english acts is uh to come together to to reform the original lineup and then to perform one of their early more classic albums in yeah. their in their entirety has there ever been any temptation to to go to go back and either do mesh and lace or after the snow for just one tour
2: we'd love to i mean that is something we talked when we got back together we talked about that our management talked about that we were totally interested in sort of doing i don't know like a small theater you know and having all the original artwork as the sort of stage design and, and playing everything, you know, from After the Snow, you know, with, with violins and all that, but it all costs so much money. That's the bottom line. To do that, we'd have to have people paying quite a lot of money to put us on, and therefore the ticket prices would have to be really high. But, well, yeah, we'd love to do it. it, it would just have to come together in a way that worked for everybody, including the promoters, you know. I don't think they're... I don't think they think they can sell enough tickets to to cover that, I don't think. Yeah,
0: that's a shame, because that's that's really one of those albums that I think people need to hear again, and to hear it live would be such a treat.
2: Yeah, and to do, you know, from start to finish one album would be really good fun for us. We've never done that before.
0: Yeah, I just uh, Psychedelic Furs just came through a few months ago with doing Talk, Talk, Talk all the way through. Really? Yeah. Um,
2: What sort of size venues were they playing? They were playing um, 500 Seats yeah so we're doing this yeah but that's what we'd look to do you know five hundred to a thousand theater sort of shows, but that's something you know once we get completely up and running we'll we'll definitely think about that in the future I mean in between all that we've we've got um we've just played in Paris and back in London, and we played all over this last weekend, which has been a holiday here. We played a big festival on Saturday night, and last night we played at a club in my local town and we just had an absolutely brilliant time it's been brilliant this weekend mirrored windows reflective skyline distant structures captures my view isolation close behind me darkness my staff, white shapes on glass white shaped
0: It's, it's it's such a pleasure to hear you back together and 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 having a good time and excited about touring again.
2: I've never really I've never really gone away from music. If I'm honest, I've always even when I wasn't working in Modern English, I was writing stuff at home. You know, I don't think you can stop that. It's something that you know it's part of what I do. i part of me really. we have been writing new songs again, which is great to work with all the original members and sit around and write new stuff. Is it's just fantastic. So. There will be something coming out in the future. In what sort of form, we don't know. It'll probably be through the internet. Um, I'm not really sure. It's uh, such a strange time for the for the sort of music business in general. That you know, we're talking with lots of different companies about lots of different ideas about how to go forward. Really,
0: it's tough. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, you you grew up in an, we. You and I both grew up in an album world, and now we're in a digital world. Yeah,
2: I can't believe that kids don't want to actually feel that the. You know, look at the artwork and feel the, the sort of, you know, the vinyl or the CD, or, and look at it and hold it. Just to take the music directly from the internet seems seems odd to me. You know.
0: Yeah, to me, I have to hold music to to really understand.
2: Yeah, that. I mean, I think it's sad. I mean, I, I remember queuing up, you know, to buy the the new Joy Division album. I'd be waiting outside the shop. You know, it's I suppose it's just the way it is. This modern modern way of. Uh, I mean, I, I just heard a, a story this week with Morrissey, you know, from the Smiths. He's recorded a whole album, and you know, and he can't even get a record deal. Huh. You know, because people just don't buy records anymore; don't don't buy albums or CDs at all. Ninety-five percent of the sales of soundtrack are on downloads.
0: Huh? Jeez.
2: You know, it's just a different. It's a different world out there now. So, for us, we have to you know be careful at how we work it. We've got to, you know, make sure we make the right moves to get to get back, you know, into the limelight.
0: Right. It's not like I can. Uh... Bring my iPod to you and ask me and ask you to sign it for me. You know, <laughs> you can try. <laughs> yeah, I would, yeah, I would cherish it just the same, though.
2: I mean, I just love playing live, and and my my favorite thing of all is writing the new songs. You know, that first moment when you create a song and you know it's going to be good—that that's my, the most exciting moment. But uh, also playing concerts like the concert we had uh, two nights ago in Alborough in Suffolk, which is my hometown, was, was, was unbelievably good. I mean, you, you can't get any, uh, you couldn't get any better than that. You know, it's something that, as an artist, you, you know, you dream about these sort of nights. It's brilliant. That's, that's, I think people appreciate, you know, we're, we're growing up in the world of Justin Bieber <laughs> and X Factor and, you know, American Idol and all this stuff that interests me not at all. And I think people are starting to get a bit bored with it all, you know, and they want some real live music again that, that's that got some integrity, you know, that's not, you know, terrible music. But, I don't know. I don't understand all that stuff.
0: I think the world needs to hear more modern English and a lot less Justin Bieber.
2: <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I agree.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, Robbie, it's been great talking to you. Um, I look forward to seeing you here in uh, Tampa Bay uh, later in September, and I wish you all the best.
2: Well, thanks very much, Steve.
1: So there you go. Robbie Gray in Modern English. Yeah, it's kind of sad that when we don't do interviews together, we don't really do them together anymore. Well, I had a couple can. by myself. Really? Yeah. We have a couple of big ones coming up. We don't want to ruin any surprises. <laughs> 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 here's
0: here's what always upsets me about modern English is that they get labeled a one-hit wonder a lot. In fact, I think VH1 called them. I think they ranked in the top twenty as far as uh, one-hit wonders of all time. Um, and, it, and it, it's it's true in a sense. They did have one huge hit, but they but some of their other tunes did chart. Let me ask you this: as a pop music critic, um. The label of one-hit wonder, is that, a, is that a bad thing to have as a band? How do you cope with bad that?
1: Thing. Well, let me, I, in all due respect to modern English, okay, here's what I say about life. And it's my theory about a lot of things, not just bands. It's better to have been a has-been than a never was. And I mean that respectfully. Okay. So do you think there's some schlub in his basement? Okay. And he's been a musician for 15 years. He's still living with his mom. He can't afford anything, you know? He would sell his right nut to have, like, I'm too sexy by Right Said Fred. Yeah. Or name any sort of Dexy's Midnight, you know, come Eileen. You know, it's, I mean, some bands are U2, and some bands are. I don't know. Name another Nana or something like that. You know, like some. There's nothing wrong with being a one-hit wonder. Well, I I still argue that they're not. I mean, Wright said Fred,
0: yes, and maybe Dexy's Midnight Runners, probably, but Modern English had, you know, a half dozen albums. They continued to record. They recorded the entire '80s. They've reformed now. Their entire lineup. They still tour. They still. They had a new album last year. They're working on a new album for next year. In my mind. Yeah, we may may know them for that one song. So you're
1: offended by the the, the moniker, the title. I
0: feel feel like I need to to carry the flag for them. Okay. Because I just feel like here's a band that's recorded an immense catalog of music that is very enjoyable to listen to. You're such a kiss-ass. And I really You are
1: such a bleeping (laughs) kiss-ass.
0: I like Robbie Gray. Robbie I, Gray's I like,
1: ass must be sore right now. No, I the like the honesty when
0: when you could you, when you listen to him and he's like, I don't apologize for the success of that song. You know, it pays the bills. Hell
1: yeah, it pays the bills, and he sells it to Clorox and Irish Spring or whatever the hell it is. And he's making a public. I'm not faulting him for that, Steve. I'm not. What's wrong with being a one hit wonder? But they're not. What's your hit, huh? I don't have. Uh, you know, there's all right. They're, you say they're not, I say they are, but who cares? You know, I, good for him, man. He's probably driving a fancy, awesome car because of that song. Yeah. And what, what what I like about him is that he's he's a musician first and last. I thought he was really respect. I thought it was a really good interview. Yeah. Yeah. I like the fact that he doesn't like Justin Bieber.
0: Yeah. Who, who well, does? you hate
1: anything modern. Right, rightfully you're, so. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's great. So go out and check. Uh, you know, check out Modern English and enjoy. Um. All their hits. <laughs> go to their website.
0: <laughs> go to their website, first of all, and download the new free version of Melt With You that they're There's toward. a new version? Yes, there's a new version. As usual, you don't
1: listen. You <laughs> hear, like but you don't versions. listen. Yes, right. there's
0: a new version of it out there for the movie. It's free on their website. Uh, Modern English is torn. Definitely see him.
1: You're melting down, dude. I'm just passionate. <laughs> it's ironic that we're talking about Melt With You and you're melting down. Oh. All right. So come on, let's get out of here. I'm going to go buy you a nice ice cream. That'd be nice. Next week, we're going to give you full seggies, a full show, but we wanted to get something out there uh, really quick so uh, you'd have it for your weekend, right? You're
0: right. We do have a new show for next week. We're going to keep it a surprise because even we don't know who's going to be the special <laughs> guest on it. In the meantime, Robbie Gray, Sean Daly, and myself remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s.
2: I'll stop the world i you.
0: Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for the music for the opening credits. Read our blog at TampaBay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the show at iTunes.